Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing member of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And believe me, when I got up this week, I didn't expect to just be covering Activision Blizzard. And yet, every single day brings a new headline about what is quickly becoming a very embattled chief executive officer in Bobby Kotick. If you want to check out the rest of the story, please do. We've got a playlist, of course. Everybody versus Activision Blizzard might need to change the playlist name again, but suffice it to say, more and more stakeholders in Activision's success are coming out and talking about what has happened this past week, or at least are having their messages to employees leaked out in various places. On your screen right now is a Games Industry Biz article entitled, Sony's Jim Ryan, critical of Activision Blizzard response to Kotick report. PlayStation CEO Jim Ryan is not satisfied with how Activision Blizzard has responded to its recent scandals, according to Bloomberg. And this is an article from Jason Schreier, formerly of Kotaku, who has received a set of emails, by the looks of things, that were sent among PlayStation employees that talk about how Jim Ryan feels about what happened at Activision Blizzard this past week. Now, I want to take a step back there because I think part of this story that we've talked about has been how Activision is behaving to its own employees, not telling them, for instance, that Jed O'Neill was leaving her role as co-lead of Blizzard. And I said as part of my videos on that topic that one of the problems Activision Blizzard has right now is that every single communication that they make to their employees gets leaked. And this is another example of how these companies have to operate. This is a Sony internal email that is effectively going to act as a public position statement from PlayStation about how it feels with respect to Activision. And that's to be expected. Jim Ryan, in all likelihood, didn't send out an email to his employees on the premise that none of that would get leaked to somebody like Jason Schreier at Bloomberg. All of these communications take place in an environment where we basically know they're going to get out there if they are in writing and if they are on a topic of substantial drama or public interest. So keep that in mind when we talk about how Activision Blizzard is dealing with things because some of that comes across as unfair. And I don't disagree that employees aren't kept in the loop. They aren't getting the communications they might otherwise want from Activision Blizzard, especially from their C-level executives at this point in time. And yet, from the company's perspective, you know everything you say is going to wind up in the hands of, well quite frankly, virtual legality, you need to be even more cautious about the things that you do say. And so we're going to have a PlayStation email we're going to talk about today. We also have an Activision, let's call it a town hall, that they apparently had with their employees about these issues that has also led to another series of headlines and more trouble for now what I think we can call an embattled video game publisher. So what does Bloomberg say? Bloomberg says the following. In an email to employees reviewed by Bloomberg, PlayStation chief Jim Ryan linked to the Wall Street Journal's Tuesday report, the one that we went over in great detail in this space. He wrote that he and his leadership, PlayStation, were disheartened and frankly stunned to read that Activision has not done enough to address a deep-seated culture of discrimination and harassment. Now, this quote in and of itself is a little bit odd insofar as it's, it seems unlikely that they were disheartened and stunned to read that Activision hasn't done enough. It seems more likely that they were disheartened and stunned to read the actual specifics of what has happened at Activision. And you get this kind of editorial phrasing from Bloomberg. These quotes are from the email, one presumes, but everything else is Jason Schreier and Bloomberg speaking. 
So that doesn't really lose the message, but it does frame it slightly differently than I suspect it's framed in the email. Suffice it to say, though, this phrase comes out apparently from Jim Ryan and is saying that a business partner of theirs has not done enough to address not just a culture of discrimination, but a deep-seated one. Because, frankly, the examples in that Wall Street Journal article are from decades of Activision Blizzard's actions in the workplace and outside of it. You've got 2006, 7, 8, 2020, 17, 16. You've got all sorts of years that are referenced in that article or all sorts of times that appear to apply to the other lawsuits that are brought against the company. And so this isn't unexpected, except that this is a major business partner, obviously, of the company itself. He continues, we outreached to Activision immediately. So I know a number of you ask how this looks behind the scenes. And a lot of the times I say phone calls and emails are being exchanged among industry participants all the time. Here you have an admittance of that fact. That article goes up in the Wall Street Journal. Activision becomes immediately embattled. Bobby Kotick embattled. And PlayStation head Jim Ryan calls Activision. We outreach to them immediately after the article was published to express our deep concern and to ask how they plan to address the claims made in the article. We do not believe their statements of response properly address the situation. Now, this is strong language in corporate America speak. Generally, you don't otherwise adjudge the behavior of another industry participant, especially one that you have an ongoing business relationship with. And now Sony PlayStation is telling its own people that they don't believe that Activision has done enough. And to some extent, if you're more cynically minded, you might say, well, this is Sony putting its thumb in the wind and seeing exactly how this is playing out for Activision, wants to get out in front of it, knows that it's invested in Activision, has paid Activision money. There have been marketing partners for a long, long time on a number of the products, especially Call of Duty, that Activision puts out there. And they want to make clear that to their employees, they don't agree with what has been shown has happened at Activision in these various articles. That's a little bit more cynical. Of course, Sony has an interest in keeping its employees happy and keeping them safe. And so if you're less cynically minded, you say this is the appropriate type of message for an industry participant that has some kind of relationship with Activision to put out there. Similarly, Ryan emphasized to his staff that Sony Interactive Entertainment is committed to ensuring our community of developers and gamers feel safe and respected and providing a secure work environment for every employee. He called on employees to report instances of harassment or discrimination and promised that any action would be investigated. All of which is great, right? That's exactly what we want a company head to say. But again, putting on our cynical hats for just a second, you'll note that this sounds almost exactly like what Activision Blizzard has been saying now for months and months and months. And so it comes down to a matter of trust and how you feel about the actual corporate culture at Activision Blizzard versus Sony Interactive Entertainment versus the PlayStation brand versus whoever else might say these things. And that's what makes the Activision Blizzard story so difficult to kind of parse out. It's because Activision Blizzard has throughout its tenure, especially in its workplace policies and everything else that is outward facing, said the right magic words, is saying exactly what Sony is saying here. And yet, I think properly, a lot of folks have said, nah, we don't believe you at any point in time now because of what has been shown. And this is important. This is another layer of problems that Activision Blizzard is going to have to deal with. First on PlayStation, 
at the end of the reveal trailer for Call of Duty Vanguard. You've got an issue. Because why do you do these marketing campaigns? Well, it's because you think Call of Duty is going to sell pretty well and you want your brand associated with that successful product. And now very quickly, it has become a matter of fact that you probably don't want your brand associated with Activision right now. You probably don't want your brand associated with Call of Duty and your employees are probably making noise and saying, how are we in business with these people if they're reading these articles? And we know from this space that there's stuff to parse in those articles. There's conversations to be had, but there is no question that Activision is essentially a pariah right now. And you have messages like this at PlayStation saying, employees, we're doing all we can. We called them, we emailed them. We do not ascribe to anything that Activision Blizzard believes or is shown in these articles. Believe us, we're serious about harassment, et cetera, et cetera. And for Activision Blizzard, you now have another set of concerned stakeholders that are adding on to this leverage pile against Activision. And most specifically, because of the framing of that Wall Street Journal article, against Bobby Kotick himself. You've got the workers and employees. We've talked about a better ABK. We talked about the walkout. We talk about their accelerating tweets and social media presence, demanding Bobby Kotick's resignation, demanding third-party participation in auditing the various documents at the company. We've talked about stockholders very recently. Now, I do want to say, I think some of the headlines, some of the articles treat the stockholder issue with more importance than it deserves this moment. We talked about the fact that we're looking at about 5 million shares out of 800 million, much, much less than 1% of the stockholders in the company right now. But you know, a small snowball can become a pretty large one if this continues to gather steam. So the fact that there is at least a block of stockholders that are concerned and calling for Bobby Kotick's resignation is worth noting. Similarly, with respect to the board of directors, we have an article framed by the Wall Street Journal that says the board had problems with what information they were delivered by Bobby Kotick. Now, the board immediately goes out and denies that. But we also have reason to disbelieve even that denial because the board itself is in trouble if they aren't collecting the appropriate information from their CEO. So we have all sorts of different agendas acting at the corporate governance level. And now adding to that, we have business partners. We don't know what Xbox is going to do. We don't know what Nintendo is going to do. We don't know what anybody else is going to do. But PlayStation is probably the most important business partner because they have been so invested in co-marketing agreements with Activision for the recent past. So now we have all of these concerned stakeholders. The question mark here, the bullet point that you don't see quite yet is customers. What is going to happen? We've got early reports that Vanguard maybe isn't doing so well, but there's a number of reasons why that might be. People might just be burned out on World War II. People might be talking with their wallets about how they feel about Activision Blizzard. We don't know that quite yet. But as this continues to add up, what you have is a CEO that I told you a couple of videos ago should probably be assumed that they are going to stay in charge of the company just by the nature of the fact that they have so many shares in the company. They've been the identity of the company for so long that it usually takes quite the crisis to knock someone off that perch. And you have quite that crisis developing. It's not there yet, I wouldn't say. But as more and more of this comes out, as the winds really do start to turn against Activision and more specifically Bobby Kotick, you might well see a sea change at one of the major publicly traded publishers 
in the video game industry. Adding on to that is that, as I mentioned earlier in this video, they decided to have a town hall with their own employees. Now, before we get into that, I wanted to make a brief aside. So in this video that I talked about, Bobby Kotick knew the Wall Street Journal article from Tuesday, I parsed the article very closely. And a number of my commenters, a number of messages I've received have essentially accused me of being defense attorneys for Activision Blizzard. And I, and I want to clear that up a little bit. I think if you've been in virtual legality a long time, you know that the primary method that I read articles, especially anonymously sourced ones, is to treat them with a grain of salt, is to try to figure out how they might not be telling the entire story and talk to you all about that. And that doesn't really change depending on which side the article is coming from. In fact, if you go back to this video, you'll see in terms of Activision's responses, I also parse those out and complain a little bit about how they're trying to frame the issue. But I want to say this, if you're upset at that, if you want to say, hey, Activision Blizzard's evil, they don't deserve to have an article against them parsed out this way. The thing that I would caution you about, and the thing I caution myself about all the time, is I always parse articles. And when I read an article that essentially backs up my preconceived notions about how something is going to happen, I parse that more closely. I assume that I'm subconsciously biased in how I'm reading this, that I want to be affirmed in how I think about something. And so when you see something that seems so obvious, Bobby Kotick knew, of course he did, says a hundred comments to that video. That's fine. But talk to me about why. Talk to me about the evidence. Talk to me about how you are framing these issues. And when I point out in a paragraph, I say, hey, actually, that doesn't say what it seems to imply that it says. It uses these two sentences next to each other. That's not designed to tell you that they're lying. That's not designed to tell you that that didn't in fact happen. It's designed to show that the article doesn't actually have the evidence that they want to imply that they have so that everybody is put in the best position to understand what's happening on the ground. When I mentioned that the shareholders are such a small percentage of the company, it is not to say that what they're doing isn't important. It's to frame it properly so that we understand why when maybe nobody responds to that particular claim, that's happening on the ground. It's 5 million out of 800 million, et cetera, et cetera. Which leads us to Activision staff question whether zero tolerance policy applies to Kotick. Now to frame this properly, a couple of videos before the Wall Street Journal article, we talked about a series of changes that Activision was making at the end of October, which frankly, I framed as pretty darn good, that they were responding to the requests from a better ABK. This is where you see Bobby Kotick lower his salary. Now the Wall Street Journal frames it a little differently. They actually talk about this particular set of changes happening after the journal had asked questions about Bobby Kotick and Activision and framing it as essentially trying to get ahead of this article they knew was going to come out. Certainly uh, an, an accurate description in terms of timing. And you see that one of the first promises that Activision Blizzard makes is that they're going to change how they deal with sexual harassment to zero tolerance. They say, in the past, when we discovered and substantiated harassment, we terminated some employees and provided verbal or written warnings or different disciplinary actions to others. In retrospect, to achieve our goals for workplace excellence, this approach is no longer adequate, implying that termination needs to be happening every time this is found. We need tougher rules and consistent monitoring across the entire company to make sure reports are being handled correctly and discipline is appropriate and swift. As a result, we are implementing a zero tolerance policy across Activision Blizzard that will be applied consistently. Our goal is to have the strictest harassment and non-retaliation policies of any employer 
any Activision Blizzard employee found through our new investigative processes and resources to have retaliated against anyone for making a compliance complaint will be terminated immediately. And then we talked about some weasel language here. In many other instances, termination will probably happen, including most instances of harassment, but who knows, right? There was already some kind of weaselly language here. We talked about that in the earlier video, but suffice it to say, when a Wall Street Journal article comes out, talks about Bobby Kotick himself dealing with harassment, it makes sense for the employees to go in a kind of town hall setting and say, whoa, is this actually going to apply to our CEO? It says the scrutiny over embattled Activision Blizzard CEO Bobby Kotick continues with fresh reports suggesting the company's zero tolerance policy does not apply to him, which I think is a little broad for what's happened here, but certainly a fair inference. Activision Blizzard leadership held a live stream all hands meeting to address questions from staff with the company and the board of directors standing by the CEO. Employees asked whether the publisher's zero tolerance policy on harassment, something the defense statements credit Kotick with helping to implement, applies to the CEO. Leadership reportedly responded that it did not have evidence of the claims made against him this week. Now that's a terrible, terrible, terrible defense. If you want to read the zero tolerance harassment policy is essentially forward looking. From now on, we're going to deal with this stuff this way. I think you could make that argument. And it wouldn't be a great defense if you did it in this town hall setting, but you could at least say that, hey, we've made some mistakes in the past. We're going to correct from now on is something that logically makes sense. Saying we don't have enough evidence for what actually appeared in the Wall Street Journal article doesn't make any sense at all. Right. If we remember what was said in this, in 2006, one of his assistants complained that he had harassed her, including by threatening in a voicemail to have her killed. According to people familiar with the matter, the Activision spokeswoman said, this is effectively an admittance from Activision, Mr. Kotick quickly apologized for the obviously hyperbolic and inappropriate voicemail, and he deeply regrets the exaggeration in tone in his voicemail to this day. So this is an admittance of functional retaliation. An assistant complained that he had harassed her. He left a voicemail with obviously hyperbolic and inappropriate language that he deeply regrets. You don't need further evidence from here. Activision actually said that something along the lines of what the Wall Street Journal reported happened. Similarly, in 2007, he sued by a flight attendant on a private jet he co-owned. The flight attendant claimed the plane's pilot had sexually harassed her and after she complained to the other owner, Mr. Kotick fired her. In a separate action related to legal fees in the case, an arbitrator citing what he said was sworn testimony, wrote that Mr. Kotick told the flight attendant and her attorneys, I'm going to destroy you. They settled the next year for $200,000. And then the spokesman says, Mr. Kotick said he couldn't have fired her in retaliation for complaining because she never complained directly to him. So we have this morass here of harassment. We have a denial that he said, I'm going to destroy you, which would be a kind of retaliation. We have other excuses that you can make. This isn't happening at Activision. This is happening in a separate context with a privately owned jet. You have other things that you can say. What you probably can't say is that Activision doesn't have evidence. You have Activision spokespeople talking about these matters. They have talked with Mr. Kotick about what happened. So yes, it certainly has the patina of not applying to Mr. Kotick, which perhaps isn't that unusual for someone in that kind of position of power. It is, however, the exact wrong way to deal with these situations on the ground. Very similar to putting Jen O'Neill and Mike Ibarra in the same role and not snapping your fingers and making sure their paychecks are the same number. Activision Blizzard 
has clearly had many, many issues in its past. But in its present, it appears to have even more in terms of governance and the choices that it is making. And I don't know how to tell you anything about what Activision Blizzard might do next because all of this doesn't make sense to me. When you go out in a live stream and say, we don't have enough evidence, when your spokespeople are telling the Wall Street Journal about the matters in question, when you put two people in the same role and you pay the female less, when you're currently being sued for paying females less, I don't know what to tell you. They seem to be having as many footfalls as significant errors in the past and in the present. And at the end of the day, Activision Blizzard is under fire right now if they don't write the ship, if they don't start making proper decisions. And maybe that comes from Bobby Kotick. Maybe that comes from systemic dysfunction at the company. You're going to see more and more of these videos. You're going to see more and more of these articles because essentially they're digging their own grave. And I'm sorry to say that for people that are employed there or that are involved in this and feel put upon by all this. I know a lot of you watch these videos, but that's what I see. And I'll continue to cover it as long as I continue to see that. This has been Virtual Legality for today. If you enjoy these conversations about technology, video games, pop culture, and more, business and law through the lens of those things, please consider supporting the channel. We've got other ways to support us, including Patreon listed below. Otherwise, just subscribing and telling your friends. Every little bit helps. If you caught this on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. And if you listen to it as a podcast, thank you so much for listening. And I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality. Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel.